Okay, so open up your Bibles to John chapter 14. I want to start by reading verse 1 through 6. It says, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. And whither I go, ye know, and the way ye know. Thomas saith unto him, Lord, we know not whither thou goest, and how can we know the way? Jesus said unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no man cometh unto the Father but by me. Now, right now it seems like there is so much that is going on in our lives and going on in the, um, in the lives of the people in our church. And there is so much craziness and uncertainty in our country as well. And through all that we face, through all that we go through in, in this human life, we are often overwhelmed, we are often discouraged, and we are often troubled. You know, we, when we stop and, and take a look at what's going on around us, right? We stop and take a look at our community, in our country. We see a, a country, we see a people who as a whole have turned their back on God, right? And, and they're hard, and it's troubling. You know, I, I think about the abortion and the, the transsexuals and the sodomites and the, and the witchcraft and just talking to people about the Lord in general. It's like beating against a brick wall. I was talking to Brother Raymond this morning and he was talking to me about trying to talk to these people in the hospital down there about the Lord. And he said, you could just tell they just did not want to hear it. And I said, no, Brother Raymond, it's really not all that different than when we go on knocking on doors as well. They're just hard. You know, when we look at our politics right now in our country, and it seems that we're on the verge of being run by communists, and that's just a little bit troubling for me. I don't know about you. We see violence increasing everywhere, and we are troubled. There's pillaging in the streets. There's rioting and burning, and um, people are shooting in the streets, and we get all kinds of craziness and madness, and you would have never thought we would see it happen in America. We see violence increasing everywhere. We see almost everybody seeming to get cancer in our day and age. We've got COVID running rampant all across the world. MRSA, Superbug, C. diff, all kinds of crazy sicknesses like we never thought we would see we'd be dealing with. Many other serious health issues and ailments and truly we are disturbed. We're troubled, aren't we? They talk of huge earthquakes and massive tornadoes and vast wildfires and enormous hurricanes and tsunamis and natural disasters of great magnitude, which we seemingly as human beings can do absolutely nothing about, and we are troubled. We have terrorist attacks and wars all over the world, and if there is not a war somewhere, they are talking about war. We have nation rising against nation and threatening each other with even nuclear weapons. China, Russia, North Korea, Iran, there's all talk of nuclear stuff going on. And we are certainly troubled. The world we live in is a sin-cursed world, stricken with sickness, stricken with pain, stricken with death and anguish and heartache. And we see ourselves surrounded with all 
this mess and all this misery and it's easy to get downcast and it's easy to get discouraged and overwhelmed and to be troubled in the world in which we live. If we're honest with ourselves, we know that's the case. You read, just watch the news for a couple minutes. You're going to get discouraged. <laughs> and all these things, our heart ponders the worst case scenarios and truly our hearts are troubled. I mean, we think about the election. What could happen if the communists take over that call themselves Democrats? Mm -hmm. They're going to start putting preachers in prison. They're going to start putting Christians in prison. I mean, they're already after them. They're, they're, they're bankrupting bakers and photo photographers and things of that nature for refusing to participate in the homosexual agenda. You know they don't like us. Your mind thinks on these things and thinks, hey, I'm troubled. What could happen? We think of all the great tragedies taking place with all the natural disasters. Well, what if one strikes here next, we think? And our heart is troubled. You know, I've had many times where I deal with personal health issues in our family, rushing Jessica to the hospital, or like the time when I had to take her to the hospital with MRSA or Daniel to the hospital with his problem. And I'll tell you what, I was troubled. With every pregnancy that Jessica had, guess what? I was troubled. You know, it doesn't help when everybody comes to you and tells you all their horror stories. It's like, I mean, everybody's like, you know, I've heard about this happening when you were pregnant. I heard about this happening when you're pregnant. And then they tell you all these awful things that could possibly happen when somebody has a baby. And you know what? You're troubled. You know, I know every one of you in this room tonight could probably testify of similar circumstances in your life and how it truly was troubling to you. In fact, I believe many of you in here are going through some troubling circumstances even right now. Some of them we may know about, some of them we may not. You know, really, folks, the truth is, as Christians, we are not promised a free pass from troubling things, are we? We are not. I mean, the Christians in, in Russia, I mean, they would gather in the woods for church. And when the KGB would come, they'd have to run for their lives and flee. And then guess what they'd do next Sunday? They'd gather again and they'd run again. We're not promised that we shouldn't have to de deal with them. We don't get a free pass from trouble just because we live in America or just because we're believers. In fact, the truth is that the Bible teaches us as we approach the last days that these troubling things are only going to increase and increase. Amen. Matthew 24, 5-7, it tells us there will be wars and rumors of wars and nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom and there's going to be famines and there's going to be pestilences and there's going to be earthquakes and Christians will be delivered up to be afflicted and to be killed. And many false prophets shall arise, and iniquity shall abound, and the love of, of many shall wax cold. Meaning there'll be no natural love, which uh, we see that abundant in our society as mothers are killing their babies and uh, relatives are turning one on another. You see, listen, folks, the Bible paints for us a troubling picture as we take a glimpse of the world as it approaches the second coming of Jesus Christ. 
This 2 Timothy 3.13 says it will get worse and worse, but it's not going to get better and better. And yet as our hearts get overwhelmed and our hearts get discouraged and our, our hearts are troubled, the words of Jesus in John 14.1, they ring loud and they ring clear in our minds. Let not your heart be troubled. Let not your heart be troubled. In fact, Jesus mentions that, that here, but also in the text in Matthew, he mentions all these awful things that will come to pass in the last days. And then he says something similar. He says, see that ye be not troubled. See that ye be not troubled. This evening, I want to preach to you a message straight from the lips of Jesus, simply called, let not your heart be troubled. There are many reasons we worry. Some of us are more prone to it than others. There are many reasons that we are troubled. But let us today listen as Jesus shares with us his reasons why we don't need to be troubled. I want our main text, as our main text is going to be here in John 14. I want us to look at verse 1 again. I want us to notice the very first reason is because it's about a person for us to trust in. Verse number one says this, let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. You know what, folks? There's always going to be many things to be troubled about. But my faith is not in circumstances, is it? My faith is not in possessions. It's not in money. It's not even in my country or my health. My faith is in a person, amen. If you've not met him, his name is Jesus. He's the rock of my salvation. Yes, amen. He's my strong tower, amen. And Jesus says, don't worry, Christian. Let not your heart be troubled, amen. For life isn't all about the troubling things. But it's about a person. It's about me, the Savior. He says, you believe in God. Believe also in me. You see, even if all else fails and the world were to literally cave in around us, which I'm sure it would feel like that if we went to communism here in America. You know what? You have one constant that can never change and that never will change. His name is Jesus. He is the son of God, the Christ, Emmanuel, God with us. And you know what the truth is? Praise God, you can rest on that rock, amen. And he is the anchor of your soul, amen. Though the storms rage against us like the wise man that built his house upon the rock, my house shall stand firm because it's built on Christ. As I've often said to many of you in your troubles, Jesus is still on the throne, <laughs> And yes, Jesus is still in control, even when our world seems to be falling apart. <laughs> Jesus is still in control. Amen. I truly love the words of David in Psalm 61 and verse 2 through 4. From the end of the earth will I cry unto thee. When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. Amen. For thou hast been a shelter for me and a strong tower from the enemy. 
I will abide in thy tabernacle forever. I will trust in the covert of thy wings. See, love. Jesus truly is the rock of my salvation. He is my shelter in the time of storm. And may my heart cry out when it is troubled, Lord, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. For my faith is not in my circumstances, but my faith is in a person named Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. And though the world crash around me, my Jesus will still be there. And my Jesus will still be on the throne. And my Jesus will still be in control. And praise God, I know as he's promised that I am in his hand and no man can take me out. As the song says, my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. My hope is in a person. My hope is in Jesus. As the Apostle Paul wrote in Hebrews 12, verse 1 and 2, he said, Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which did so easily beset us. He says, just put it aside, Christian. Don't let it bother you. Don't let it trouble you. Just put it aside and run with patience that race that is set before you. Well, how are you to do this? He says you're to do this by looking unto Jesus, Amen. the author and finisher of our faith, who is our example. Certainly, he faced some troubling things, did he not? <laughs> and yet all the way, even through the most troubling of times, he said, not my will, but thine be done. And he marched on to the cross. And then he marched on to glory. You see, folks, my hope, my life, my faith, it's in a person called Jesus Christ. I don't know if you've ever heard anybody use the phrase, don't put all your marbles or all your eggs in a basket. <laughs> but the idea is don't put all your confidence in one place, otherwise you know what, you might be let down. But I'll tell you what, friend, listen, when it comes to my faith, I've got all my marbles in one basket. <laughs> For my faith is completely in the person of Jesus Christ. Nothing else, just Jesus. And so let not your heart be troubled for life and eternity is not about your circumstances. It's not about your health. It's not about the mess in our world or our country or the politics that's going on right now. But praise the Lord. It's all about a person, amen, whose name is Jesus. Now I hope you can boldly say with me, my hope is built on nothing less. Than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I've anchored my soul, praise the Lord, on the rock of ages. <laughs> I've built my house upon the rock. Amen. So it's about a, a person to trust him. But I want you to notice also it's about a place to live in. Look at verse number two. In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. Jesus says, listen, I have gone to prepare a place for you, Christian. What a blessing, amen. Yes, amen. 
Yes, in this, in this sin-cursed flesh, in this sin-cursed world, surrounded by sin-cursed people, we are bound to be overwhelmed and to be troubled. But Jesus says, hey, just listen, I'm going on ahead to prepare a place, a wonderful place for you. It will be a perfect place, a place with no more death, <laughs> a place with no more sorrow, a place with no more pain. There will be no more war. There will be no more sickness. There will be no more disaster. It tells us in Revelation 21, 4. But it will be a perfect home in a perfect place with a perfect Savior who's given me a perfect body for a perfect eternity. Amen. Oh, how our minds have difficulty in imagining such a place as we now live and abide in this old, wicked, sinful, and troubled world. But I like what the Apostle Paul wrote to the Corinthians. In 2 Corinthians 5.1, he said, For we know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved, we have a building of God, a house not made with hands eternal in the heavens. <laughs> Do you realize there... There is a place that no man can destroy and no man can defile or mess up. A perfect place that God has made for those that love him. Praise God. I'm of that bunch that love him. You see, sickness and sorrow and pain and death may come my way in this life. My possessions may be lost. My health may be lost. In fact, everything I have in this life is subject to loss and subject to change. But I have a home, amen. A place which God has made for me, amen and amen. A place not made by the hands of men. A place which is promised to me. A place which Jesus himself has personally prepared for me. And praise God, a place which no man can take me from. Praise the Lord. As Hebrews 11:10 proclaims, For he looked for a city which hath foundations, whose builder and maker is God. And Hebrews 11:16 says, They desire a better country, that is a heavenly. Wherefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he hath prepared for them a city. Amen. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I'm not looking for worldly wealth. I don't expect ever to get wealthy in this world. I'm not looking for earthly comforts. And yes, the troubles are going to come my way from time to time. But praise the Lord, I look for a city which hath foundations, whose builder and maker is God. <laughs> you see, yes, in this life we face our light afflictions, as the Bible mentions it, which are but for a moment. And we know, as that verse says in 2 Corinthians 4, 17, we know it worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. <laughs> Praise the Lord. May we never forget the wonderful words of Jesus. Let not your heart be troubled. 
In my Father's house are many mansions. I go to prepare a place for you, Christian. <laughs> Praise God. What a comfort to know that despite all the afflictions, despite all the troubling things, despite all the mess that we endure, that we go through, that we face in this life, in this sin-cursed world, that Jesus has a perfect place awaiting for you and awaiting for I at the end of the journey. <laughs> a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory, as it says in Corinthians. Thank you, Lord. Praise the wonderful name of Jesus. So we see it's about a person to trust in. It's about a place that is prepared for you and me. I want you to notice also it's about a promise to rest in. John chapter 14 and verse 3. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. Amen. Jesus said, listen, I promise you I have a place prepared for you, and I promise I will come again and receive you unto myself. Listen, folks, the author and the finisher of our faith, he is, he is not going to just leave us here to perish in this sin-cursed world. But he promises us, who have come to him his way, he says, I will come again and receive you unto myself. In Revelation, the last book of the Bible, Jesus tells us six times, that he is coming quickly. Amen. I think oftentimes we don't really believe it. But six times in the last book of the Bible. He tells us I'm coming quickly. In 1 Thessalonians it says he comes uh, quickly as a thief in the night. And here in our text he promises I will come again and receive you unto myself. Listen, folks, if we, if we have hope in this world, in this world only, we are men most miserable. The Apostle Paul wrote it this way in 1 Corinthians 15, 19. He said, if in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are all men most miserable. But praise the Lord, our hope extends beyond this earthly life, doesn't it? <laughs> For we have the promises of Christ that he will take us to heaven with him, amen? And that is one of the greatest comforts in the life of the believer. Yes, I may be troubled on all sides with everything I'm facing, with everything I'm going through in my personal life, in our country, in our, in our family. But praise God, my precious Jesus has a home prepared for me. And praise God, I don't have to get there myself for he promised me, I will come again and receive you unto myself. Now, if this was a promise of a man, I'd have room to doubt, wouldn't I? For men deceive and lie and cheat and swindle, especially if they're Democrats. But listen, I have a precious promise for my blessed Redeemer who cannot lie. You know what? It goes against his very nature to lie, doesn't it? Yeah. Titus 1-2, in hope of eternal life, which God that 
cannot lie, promised before the world began. So God has, has promised eternal life in an eternal home with a perfect body to all of those who have come to him his way through repentance and faith. He has promised that he will come again and receive us unto himself. So not only does he promise that it is ours, but also that he will take us there if we have come to him his way through faith and repentance. You know, honestly, I don't know how the people of this world survive. <laughs> you know what? Many of them, too, they're troubled on all sides. Yet they have nothing to hope in. They have nothing to look forward to. You know, almost anything is bearable when you have something to look forward to, isn't it? I mean, as a child, I can remember, boy, I really didn't care to go shopping. But if my mom told me there was a candy bar at the end of the trip, boy, I was a happy little kiddo. Boy, if I had to go have my picture taken, I mean, it was like pulling teeth. I so despised getting my picture taken. But if my mom said, hey, you do good for the pictures. We're going to McDonald's afterwards. <laughs> Guess what? I was happy. I could endure that awful picture taking session. I could endure being dragged through the women's aisle off through the store or any other place for the candy bar or the McDonald's. It didn't matter. I was happy. And you know what? When I was eating broccoli, it was always easier to eat the broccoli if I knew there was cake at the end. <laughs> Boy, I despise that stuff. That's nasty. That's up the broccoli is of the devil, Miss Pam. I am I am convinced of it. <laughs> but you know what? If I knew there was something tasty at the end, I found a way to swallow it down like a bunch of pills. You see, Christians, sometimes we are so overwhelmed with the problems and the troubles of life. But the truth is, Jesus says, let not your heart be troubled. Just remember this cake on the other side, Christian. Amen. Just remember that I have prepared a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself. Praise the Lord. So we know that he tells us here that it's about a person for us to trust him. It is about a place for us to live in. It is about a promise for us to rest in. And I want us to notice lastly, it's about a path for us to walk in. Look at verse 5 and 6 of our text tonight. Thomas saith unto him, Lord, we know not whither thou goest, and how can we know the way? Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. You know, one of the most difficult things in life is just simply not knowing where you are going, not knowing what to do. The people of our society today, they're kind of like a, a ship that's a, a drift at sea. They have no idea where life will take them. <laughs> they have no direction. They have no purpose. They are just aimlessly wandering through life. They are driven whichever way the winds of the world blow them. But the believer is different. For Jesus has laid a definite path down before us to follow 
And that's why he could boldly say, I am the way. <laughs> you see, the way of, of life eternal is the way of Jesus. Not my way, not your way, his way. <laughs> that's why Jesus said in John, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. You see, he has laid out a definite path of life for us. If we have, uh, if we have truly become one of his sheep, is a path of following and living for Jesus. We don't have to wonder about our path. We don't have to wonder about our purpose in this life. It is abundantly clear in the word of God. It's to love and to live for and to follow Jesus. Now, this path is open to all, but few choose it. Most would rather stay adrift in life with no direction and no purpose than to come to God God's way through repentance and faith and follow Jesus. And we wonder what's the matter with our world. Nobody has any purpose. Nobody has any direction because they don't know Christ. But Jesus says in Mark 1.15 that you must repent and believe the gospel. And listen, folks, that is the, straight, uh, the start of walking down the path with, uh, after Jesus. It is a narrow path that leads to life eternal. And it is definite and it is exact. And so you know what the truth is? The world may be falling apart around you and your life may be filled with troubles. But keep your eye on the prize. Amen. Just keep following the path of Jesus that he has set before you. As Paul wrote in Hebrews 12, 1 and 2, let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Just keep pressing toward that mark, Christian, and do it looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. You've got a path to walk in. You don't have to worry what direction you ought to be taking in life. You've got a path to walk in because he's the way and he's already trod the path before you. Just follow him, Christian. It's already trod and it's already there. Just walk in it, amen? The old path, the path of the Lord. And so listen, folks, if you've repented in order to start down that path of living for and following Jesus, you're on the right path. And it's given you he has given you specific direction. You're not adrift. You're on the narrow way. Amen. And so just pace yourself and keep your eye on the finish line as you press toward that mark following the Lord. Don't worry about the troubles. Don't worry about the problems. Don't let them bother you. Don't let them beset you. Just run the race that Christ has set before you, Christian. <laughs> Paul said this in Acts 20, 24, but none of these things move me, neither count I my life dear unto myself, so that I might finish my course with joy and the ministry which I have received in the Lord Jesus that testify the gospel of the grace of God. I like that testimony, don't you? Listen, folks, in our text, Jesus says, let not your heart be troubled. Why? Because life in eternity is about a person named Jesus, amen? Why? Because it's about a place called heaven that we look forward to being in one day with him. Why? Because it's about a promise. I will come again for you, church. 
And why? Because it's about a path. He said, I am the way. We don't have to wonder what way God wants us to live, what way God wants us to walk. He already told us, I am the way. Just walk ye in it. Just follow me, Christian. I've already set the path before you. So let not your heart be troubled. Christian, just keep believing. Just keep trusting. Just keep looking unto him who is the author and the finisher of your faith. And Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy path. Amen. You know what? I know we all are facing numerous difficult things in our lives, and sometimes they are very troubling. Sometimes we just look at what's going on in our country, and we are very troubled. But Jesus says to us, Christian, let not your heart be troubled. Just believe in me. Just trust in me. Okay, keep your eye on me as you press toward that mark and that prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Let us pray. Brother Jack, if you would, you close us now in a word of prayer, please. Wow.